Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Amen. All right, grab your Bible. Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 25. The book of Matthew chapter number 25, and I'm going to read one uh, little parable to you, and it'll be something that's certainly familiar to you. One parable to you, uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 25, and start reading with verse number 14. I'm reading out of the right Bible. You probably are not, which is no problem, so I'm going to put it up on the screen for you. Is that all right? That was a joke. Everybody calm all the way down. That was a joke. Verse 14, Matthew 25, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And he, and unto one, he gave five talents to another two, to another one, to every man, according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded. Everybody say traded, say traded. Then he with the five talents went and traded with the same and made them five more talents. He took five and turned them into five more. Likewise, he that had received two, he turned around and took those two and turned them into two more. But he that had received one went and dug in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five came and brought his other five and said, Lord, you gave me five, and I turned it into five more. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two came and said, Lord, you gave me two, and I turned it into two more. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. See, we always use that language when we're talking about dying and going to heaven. I can't wait to hear those words. Good and faithful servant. Has absolutely nothing to do with what the Bible's talking about, nor the usage of Jesus when he says, well done, good and faithful servant. But for whatever reason, we've created a theology to think that the parable of the talents is talking about dying and going to heaven. That's most certainly, are you offended already, just already good and offended? Praise God. It's absolutely, most certainly not what he's talking about. Well done, good and faithful servant. I gave you two. You turned them back into two. I will, you've been faithful over a few. I'll make you ruler over many. Then he that had received the one talent came and he said, Lord, I need, you got to love this explanation for his own lack of productivity. Now, Lord, before you get ticked off, let me explain. I knew you were a hard man which is kind of insulting. <laughs> the, another translation says, I knew you were hard to please. This is why I didn't do anything with the money because I knew you were hard to please. You think it was hard to please before you did nothing with it? I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you had not strong. And I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the earth. And lo, there thou hast, that is thine. I love that. I went and put it in the earth and it's over there if you're looking for it. His Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and slothful servant, You knew that I reap where I sowed not and gathered where I have not strong. You ought therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I should have received my own with interest. Everybody say interest. 
Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto the one that has 10 talents. Now he doesn't have 10 talents. Now he has 11. For unto everyone that has shall more be given. This is a staggering statement by Jesus. To everyone that has, more will be given. But to him that does not have, from him shall be taken away even that that he appears to have. Amen. Now, I, uh, I'm passionate about a few things. I'm passionate, number one, deeply about, uh, when we came here, when we moved here, we, we, were, we were driven by uh, an all-consuming desire to put hope inside of people. There is nothing in this life that I live for other than taking people that have been, been through something, people that have been broken, people that need Jesus to make wrong things right. There's nothing I live for more than to put hope down inside of people. There's nothing I love more than spending my life telling people that have been through something to look them in the eyes and say, it ain't over yet. There's nothing in the world worth living for like that. Nothing motivates people like stopping pain on behalf of somebody else. Right? Am I preaching right yet? I love putting hope down inside of people. That's what we do. That's why we even named our church Hope Unlimited Church because I wanted to spend my life planting seeds of hope inside every person that I meet and empower them to become everything God called them to become. The second thing I'm passionate about is this. I have a burning, passionate desire to see God's people step into God's blessing. It is, I don't know why, it's just the way I'm wired. For some of you, it doesn't bother you. But something gets on me when I see God's people with that broke, redneck, never going to get ahead mentality when God has provided for you everything you need to be the head and not the tail, to be the first and not the last. That's why I'm always talking to you about you got to talk to your money. You got to speak to the mountain. You got to get some words out of your mouth that will release increase into your life. I dare you to take inventory over the words that you speak over the next week of your life. You'll say that we say things like this. These kids are driving me crazy. No wonder you're so stressed out. Three people just amen me on that. <laughs> no wonder you're so stressed out because your words are creating a trap. It's not the kids that's creating the stress. It's your language that's creating the stress. Oh, hallelujah. But maybe if you said, my home is an environment of peace where the joy of the, of the Holy Ghost dwells. My home is an environment where there is no temper tantrums. There is no anger. There is no frustration, but it's peace and tranquility. Maybe you would have a different outcome. I'm passionate about seeing God's people step into God's blessing. That's why I'm always talking to you about giving. Now, talking to you about giving because we need your money. All of our bills are paid. And if you don't want to give to the new building, that's totally fine. God's going to meet our needs either way. God is, does not want you to give for us. God wants you to give for you. God did not send you to the church for you to sustain the church. God sent you to the church so you could sustain you. God did not send Elijah to the widow so the widow could sustain Elijah. God sent Elijah to the widow so the widow could sustain the widow by obeying the principle of giving God what belongs to him first. I want to see God's people step into the blessing. And if you don't like people talking about God's people to be, should be blessed, it should be the head enough to tell that's fine, stay broke, stay busted, stay frustrated, stay stressed out. But I believe there's one or two people in here that believe my God is the king of kings He's the Lord of Lords. And if he, if he made Israel walk out of Egypt with all kinds of treasure, then he can do the same for me. Can somebody give me a witness? 
Will, turn me up a little bit. You think God's people walking around broke? Abraham was very rich in silver and in gold. Abraham was very rich. Abraham and Lot, they were so rich they couldn't even live together because their stuff was, was bumping in on top of each other. He even told Israel, he said, when you go out, I want you to go to the Egyptians and I want you to tell them, give me all the gold, give me all the jewels because when you come out of this, this is what God told Israel, when you come out of this, you're not going to come out empty. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the shoes that are on your feet, they're not going to wear out for 40 years because I'm going to do something supernatural for you. As a matter of fact, the Bible said when they came out of Egypt, there was not one sick among them. There was not one feeble one among them. There was not one broke one among them. Just figuring out how they're going to feed the kids because of the blessing of God. So I love the, t- I- I- I'm passionate about getting the blessing into people. Passionate about getting the blessing into people and getting people into the blessing, into the covenant. When Jesus died on the cross, he did not just die so you did not have to go to hell. That is not the totality of what he accomplished. And we actually cheapen the cross when we make it only about salvation. We are stripping part of the glory away from Jesus' sacrifice when we think the only reason he did that was so you didn't have to go to hell. He also did it so you could be healed in your body. Amen. How many of you believe if you will reap what you sow? How many of you believe that? Three people, glory to God. How many of you believe if you sow kindness, you'll reap kindness? How many of you believe that? How many of you believe if you, if you sow, you know, the Bible says if you want to be, if you want to have friends, you have to show yourself friendly. How many of you believe that if you sow friendship, you'll reap friendship? How many of you believe that if you sow loyalty, you'll reap loyalty? How many of you believe if you sow money? Oh, you feel that religion creep up in there? Everybody like, wait, man of God, wait. What you going to give for money? Heaven? How many of you believe if you sow money, you reap? Now it's all weird now. And I'm not sitting here saying God wants everybody to be a billionaire. What I am saying is he wants you to have more than enough to accomplish your assignment. What I'm saying is he wants you to have more than enough that you and your wife ain't got to fight over it anymore. He wants you to have more than enough that you ain't got to be stressed out and toss and turn all night because a lot bills three months past due and you don't know what you're going to do. The people that believe that poverty is exalting to God are just as wrong as the people that believe excess is exalting to God. Poverty nor excess is the issue. It is the issue of the heart. God can give anything to you if he knows it never has you. That's why Paul said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. You know what he said? I know how to be poor and I know how to be rich. Amen. I want to see people get into the blessing. That's why we teach on things like confessions, why we teach on things like giving. But there's one more key, there's one more principle that I want to give you. Can I give it to you? In order for the blessing to be at work in our life, yes, we have to give first. We got that, right? We got that. That if, if you're not tithing, let's not even talk about the other stuff yet. You cannot confess over 
and out of order life. Y'all with me? You can't confess over that. You can't pray past that. You can't give a little here, a little there, not tithe and expect increase. You know, your Bible says that when the sower sowed the seed, immediately the devourer came and devoured the seed. I have, I've dealt with people that don't believe in tithing, but every once in a while they'll throw something toward God. And I'm, I'm glad we took the offering up before this, so you ain't think I'm trying to get you into a big offering today. They, they throw a little bit toward God here and there, here and there, and then they have the nerve to say giving don't work. It's not that giving doesn't work. It's that your seed got devoured. And the reason your seed got devoured is Malachi said, when you tithe, God rebukes the devourer. So if you're not tithing, but you're giving on the side, you have not even initiated God's divine protection over that seed yet. You with me? So we give, we speak, the, I, 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 I could give you 15 of these. I'm, I'm going to give you one today. Give, we speak to it, and then this is one you're not looking, you're not looking for yet, but I'm going to help you. You have to be faithful in stewardship. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean what you think it means. That doesn't mean get your budget right. right? Doesn't mean balance your checkbook every day, although you might need to. Huh? Doesn't mean cut up all your credit cards, except some of you like an alcoholic with that thing, and you need to cut up the credit card, right? I've met people that can handle credit cards, and I've met people that can't. I've got people in my family that can't. It's like when somebody gets set free from alcoholism, they're not even allowed to drink socially anymore. Or they'll relapse. I'm like, no, no, you need to stay as far away from a credit card as you. They don't exist. Visa is a thing of the past. Right? If it's not some of that greenback, you don't need to mess with it. Because you'll relapse. The next thing I know, I'll be getting a phone call. Talking about, you got $5,000 to help a brother out. Faithfulness in stewardship. Jesus teaches a parable and says there was a king that came. There was a leader that came and gave five, two, and one. Five, two, and one. The first key of the parable that Jesus wants us to understand is this. Everybody has something. That's why all of the talk that we hear in society about equality is actually foolish and unbiblical. I think we should have equal opportunities, but not everybody has equal abilities. There are people in this room, there are people out there smarter than us. And then there are people that you are smarter than. There's no way to equalize that. Because some were given five, some two, some one. Are y'all with me? There are some people that they are more attractive than us. I mean, not many, let's be honest, but we'll give them the credit. They're more attractive. There's some people that get paid just to be pretty. Just to be pretty and look cute. They have no other value other than they look cute. <laughs> And then there's some people that you're more attractive than they are. I know that's painful and the preacher shouldn't say that because we're all God's children. I get it. But some have five, some have two, some have one. Jesus is saying it is not an issue with what you have. The issue is what you do with what you have. 
So even if you have five and another person has one, if the person with one multiplies it to two, they are still beneath the one that has five. But if the five doesn't multiply his, God calls the one that multiplied it faithful and the one with five lazy. Everybody in this room, you've got something that God's given you that can turn around and be the thing that feeds you. It can be the source that God uses to get increase into your life. It is not your job that provides for you. It is your gift that provides for you. Your Bible says your gift makes room for you. And we have got to get the church out of the mentality of going to work and doing a job when the reality is we got to find out what is that talent, what is that gift that God gave you, and then how can we take that, be it five, two, or one, and multiply it into something else? You hearing what I'm saying? It's the same idea when Jesus, or, or when the prophet goes up to the woman, and the Bible says that her sons were gone. She was going to have to sell her sons because she was in debt. And the prophet goes up to her and says, what do you have in your house? She says, I don't have anything. And then he goes, what do you have? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I've got a little bottle of oil over in the corner. He says, get it and start pouring it out. Because if you will take what you have, even though it doesn't look like it's enough, if you will take what God's given you and start pouring it out, God can multiply it. I don't want to ask people, what do you want to do when you get older? I want to find people, what is passionate on the inside of you? What are you gifted for? What is it that when you put your hands to it, it is blessed and it just comes alive? What is it that Psalms talks about, that everything you touch prospers? What is that? Because that's what you need to spend your life doing. You with me? Well, everybody has something. And so we spend, we spend our life, listen to this lie that we believe. We spend our life telling young people, this is what you got to do. You got to make good grades in high school. And then you got to go to college. And then you got to get a good job. And you got to get a good job with benefits. And you got to have health insurance. And you got to have the house with the white picket fence. And the golden retriever out in the front yard. And two and a half kids. And then you got to work that job for 50 years. And then maybe you have a little money in your pocket. Doesn't that sound like an exciting existence? I'm going to have to grind for 50 years. And so by the time I'm 85 and I don't have no energy, I finally got some money. Are y'all with me this morning? Are y'all freaked out that I'm talking about money? I'm about to talk about sex. I'm teasing. I'm messing with you. I'm really about to get a response. The two things in church, people are supposed to act like they don't want money and sex. They act like they want neither. In reality, they want both. (laughs) Don't play with me, man. Everything you're not supposed to say on Sunday morning. Right? That's what we tell them. Grind, grind, grind. Do it, do it, do it. Get a good job, get a good job. Bless God, don't ever do anything else. Just work, just work, work, work. I've never been wired that way. Because I knew there's a a gift in there. And I don't want to give my life based upon who has the most benefits. I want to give my life based upon what is that gift that God put down on the inside of me. Now, how can I multiply? So Jesus is saying he gave some five, he gave some two, and he gave some one. And then the one that had five went and turned it around and multiplied it. The one that had two went and turned around and multiplied it. The one that had one went and put it in the earth. Jesus is talking about so many different things here. He's talking about your gift. He's talking about your talent. He's talking about your opportunity. He's also talking about money. 
Money saved is useless. The Bible does not teach save money. The Bible teaches invest it. It doesn't teach go put it in the bank and pray to God and nothing falls apart. The Bible teaches you do with it something that will make it turn around and give you more. Because we tell people all the time, cash is kings. It's okay. We tell people all the time, cash is king. It's not. Cash flow is king. <laughs> all the broke people talking about, hey, glory to God. <laughs> tell it. Preach it. He rebukes a man for saving it. He says, what were you doing? You should have got it out there and got it working for you. What I give you, you got to get it working for you. That gift you got on the inside of you, you got to get it working for you. That talent, that dream that you don't, you're, you're, you're too afraid of risk to step out and do it. You got to get it working for you. Or you will never have the level of blessing that God's called you to have because that gift he gave you, that's how he's going to get it to you. You got to get it working for you. You with me? You got to get it working for you. I don't care what it is. You got to get it working for you. I've been watching Shark Tank. The things people come up with are absolutely amazing. Potty training a cat. And they make $500,000. How does that work? You want me to tell you how? Because they got it working for them. They had a vision and they had a dream and they decided I'm not going to go the way of America. I'm going to go the way of the kingdom and whatever God's put on the inside of me, I'm going to get it working for me. There is something on the inside of you that if you would get it working for you, God could get blessing and increase to you. I'm trying to get you into the abundance and the increase that God has for you. And it only comes when you get it working for you. And so you have to be a faithful steward. Being a faithful steward does not mean you manage it. Being a faithful steward means you multiply it. <laughs> let, me let me tell you something. You never, never in your life, or let, let me say it this way, money that's not working will disappear. You got $10,000 in the bank and it ain't working, you're going to spend it. You're going to spend it. You're going to do something. You're going to go on vacation. And then you're going to look up six months later and say, where'd all that money go? You ate it. You wrote it at Disney World. That's where it went. Dumbo has it. <clears throat> Dumbo took it because it wasn't working. You know what? Money hates to be ignored. God, I, I shouldn't be teaching this. Y'all don't want to hear this. I should be teaching something else. <clears throat> Opportunities that you don't have working for you will disappear. Opportunities and moments hate to be ignored. Faithfulness does not mean you manage what you've been given. Faithfulness means you've multiplied what you've been given. Let me tell you, let me tell you how to get the blessing of God on your life. Watch. Whenever a leader gives you something, you never give it back to them at the same level that they gave it to you. You never give it back to them at the same level they gave it to you because that is not faithfulness. We have, a, we have such a skewed view of the word faithfulness. This is what we think faithfulness means. Come to church as often as you can. Give every week. That's not the Bible definition of faithfulness. You me tell you what we really think faithfulness means? Doing nothing for a long period of time. 
I know people that will go to church 15 years, never do a thing, never serve, never give, never never function in ministry, never help out teams, never minister to somebody else, and then turn around and say, I was faithful for 15 years. No, you weren't. You attended for 15 years. But that is not what the Bible calls faithfulness. The Bible calls faithfulness when a leader entrusts you with something and you turn around and make it better than it was when they handed it to you. That's what the Bible calls faithfulness. And he says, you've been faithful over money. Now I'm going to make you ruler over cities because once you've been faithful with something, then God can entrust you with authority. All authority at the beginning. Can I talk to you about like a leader for a minute? All authority at the beginning is given to you. It is borrowed. You are borrowing it. And when you do something with it, then you've earned it. Then you've earned it. I have people calling me right now. They want to come be a part of the church. They've been talking about, hey, I want to be, I talked to a, a couple this past weekend. I want to be a part of the church. I want to be a campus pastor one day. I was like, awesome. But first, let me see how you work a small group. But first, let me see how you work leading a team at serve day. Because you've got to be faithful over that. And I don't mean you managed it and got a job done. we got to get out of that thinking. We've got to get out of thinking. Just get the job done. The minimal amount that's required. When you're being faithful, you are taking something. And you are growing it to a level that is far beyond everything that was ever given. As a matter of fact, they doubled it in the Bible. And he said, now, because you've been faithful, I give you authority. The authority that I loaned you, now you've earned it. You don't get authority any other way than faithfulness. Anybody in here own businesses? Nobody. One. One, two. Praise God. Nothing more frustrating than having a worker that just manages what you've given them. I, I, I don't want to have to get, I don't want to have to have all the ideas and give you all the insight and steer you the entire way and give you all of the direction and all of the recommendations. There should be something on the inside of you that wants to take this. I want you to learn more about this than even I know. Right? If I put you over a ministry team, I don't want to have to tell you what to read and where to go and what websites to check out and what conferences to go to and who you need to be listening. You need to be telling me that stuff. Because if I'm doing it for you, why do I even have you? trying to get you into the blessing. So I want you to think about where it, is, where it is right now that you work, where it is right now that you serve, where it is right now that you have your opportunity and are you being faithful? Or are you just working and getting a check? Because as long as we dig a hole in the ground and put it in there so nothing happens to it, we never get multiplication. Y'all with me? Is this all right? Listen, I'm not rebuking you. I love you. I want to get you into more than enough. I want to get you into too much. I want to get you into, I've got so much, Pastor. Where can I give? Where can I serve? What can I do? Because if you put something in my hand, I'm going to blow it up. When I was at our previous ministry, we started a Bible school from scratch. Me and another guy and a whiteboard. A whole Bible school. Still there today. 
by the grace of God. I mean, they let people in like Trevor Perry, glory to God. No, I'm teasing. I had to give you a shout out, Trevor. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I got nothing but love for him. Half these people that are down here on our worship team went, went to our Bible school. But I knew that this is a test. This, this isn't a job. This is a test. Can I take this and make it explode? We were anticipating 12 to 15 people our first year. We had 60. Glory to God, this is actually going to work. Then we're like, oh, dang, they think they're going to come learn something. We better get to studying. (laughs) So we had 60. Next year, turned it to 150. Then I stepped down. But you got to take what's been given to you and not manage it. If I grew it to 50 and kept it at 50, I'm not being faithful. I'm being a manager. I'm not being a steward. Managers think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Leaders think if it ain't broke, break it and make it better. Is this all right? I'm telling you, this will get you into the blessing. So I had an authority that was loaned to me. And then through faithfulness, I earned it. You with me? So what is it that God's given you right now? That's what Jesus meant. This is a scripture that bothers us. That's what Jesus meant when he said, to him that has, more will be given. You want me tell you what Jesus was really saying? It's going to mess with you. You want me tell you what Jesus was really saying? The rich are going to get richer. Dang. And the poor are going to stay poor. Why? Because they're not taking what they have and multiplying it. They're not poor not because they don't have it. It's because they're not using it. You with me? Some of the best singers I know are living under a bridge drinking out of a paper sack. It's not that they don't have the talent. It's that they're not using it. So let me ask you, are you working what you've got? Or are you just clocking in, clocking out, doing your thing, living for the weekend, living for that two weeks of paid vacation, and then going on about your life. Because if that's your mentality, you will never have the increase God's called you to have. Why is it weird all of a sudden? Y'all with me? I want to I raise up a group of people that says, whatever God's given me, I'm going to take it out into the valley of Elah like David. If he's given me a rag and a rock, it might not look like much, but if I will stir that gift up, I can kill some giants with it. Oh, glory to God. If you would just take what you had and started stirring it up, you would be shocked at what God could do through you and through you and inside of you. And people talk all the time about the rich people. They said, before the rich, is for the do you realize what they've done? They've taken what they've had and they've made it into something. Yeah. People talk about, I heard people talk, somebody talking about Donald Trump the other day. He, he's a billionaire, but he started with a million dollars. I don't care what you think about Trump. I've got my own disagreements with him. Believe me. But to take a million dollars and turn it into a billion, you got game. <laughs> Six people clap. They're like, I don't know if we should clap on the Trump part or not. Believe me, I got my own problems with him. I could preach for six days on it. But to take a million and turn it into a billion, that's called stewardship. That's called, I've taken what I've got and I'm working it till it starts working for me. And some of us, we spend our lives with what God's given us never working for us. 
Oh, glory to God. Brand, come on up. We spend our entire lives never working what God's given us. So what is it down on the inside of you that makes you come alive? Because that's where the blessing is going to get through you. That's where the, how the blessing is going to get to you. Are you all with me this morning? That's how what God wants to do through you and in you and for you. That's how it's going to get to you. But you've got to work it. You've got to work it. I said you've got to work it. Now, for God's sake, don't get to the end of your life on your deathbed full of dreams that went unfulfilled because you wouldn't step out and do it. You want me to tell you why? It's because we're afraid. That's what the man said when he put the talent in the ground. He said, Lord, I was afraid. And fear is holding you back. Now, you got to be smart. You got to be wise. You got to be smart. You got to be wise. You want to be Whitney Houston? Don't quit your job and hit the road just yet. There's some steps. <laughs> Listen, Whitney, I love you, but there's some steps. So what is it that's in you? I couldn't do anything else but this. First of all, I don't have any other talent. Number one. <laughs> Number two, this isn't a job. This is me working my gift. Hear what I'm saying? And because of that, God gets increased to in me. God gets favor. God gets abundance. Because I'm letting him use what he gave me to get to me what he wants. So don't manage it. Multiply it. Whatever's in your hand, don't manage it. Multiply it. I want you to come back telling me stories of how your boss just went on and on about how unbelievable you are at what you do and is looking at giving you a raise. Maybe even giving you a promotion because everything he puts in your hand, it explodes. There's something natural that, that, le that happens to leaders that, that, that it just happens. We have a tendency to give more responsibilities to the people that are already too busy. Because we know they're getting it done. Because to him that has, more will be given. But to him that does not have, from him shall be taken away even that that he has. You with me? The blessing of the Lord, your Bible said, makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. You've been faithful over a few. Now be ruler over many. And we all want rulership. We look at the wealthy and the blessed and we say, man, wouldn't it be awesome to be them? Wouldn't it be awesome to be a billionaire? But can you be faithful with $100? Meaning, can you work it till you get it to multiply for you? And this isn't just about money. This is about opportunities. You want to be used by God in the ministry? 
You want to have the authority to stand up and cast devils out? You got to have authority over a trailer full of kids stuff first. You want authority over demons? Ain't got authority over a sink full of dirty dishes yet. Amen. I said amen. You want authority to shake nations, but don't have the faithfulness to show up on time. It's not how the kingdom works. The blessing of the Lord will get to you. Not when we manage what we've got, but when we grow it. You with me? Stand upon your feet, Hope Unlimited. Father, thank you today. We bless you. We honor you for your goodness. We bless you and honor you for your word. I hope this ministered to you today. This is what was stirring on the inside of me. Bring that down just a minute. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know why this is this way. I, I've just always been this way. Uh, I'm, I'm allergic to typical American dream thinking. The apex of my existence is not going to be when I retire. Right? And can eat at Denny's for half price. And play golf three times a week. I can't play golf anyway. That's not my, that's not my zenith. I've never thought that way. I don't think God wired us to think that way. I want to get everybody in this room into too much. Everybody in this room into more than enough. To the point where it don't even make sense. Little old you. Just doing your thing and God blessing you. Because what he gave you, you're working it. You're working it. The best way we can help people is not by giving them money. The best way we can help people is help them figure out what is that talent that God gave you and then how can we multiply that? You know, my whole life I grew up, people always freak out when you would see preachers on TV with money. And I agree, there's some of that that's excessive. I'm never going to ask you to buy a $65 million jet. Well, not anytime soon. Not this year, I promise. I've, I've always seen people, bring that down just a little bit more. I've always seen people get mad at those preachers. I went to eat one time at T.D. Jake's house. $4.6 million house. The front porch was red carpet. Like red carpet. Like I was going to the Grammys and I was going to lunch. And I heard people online talking about it. Unbelievable. He didn't make that money from the church. He didn't take money from the church to do that. He owns businesses. He's written books. He's written movies. He's taken what God's given him that's not just preaching, and he worked it, and God blessed him. 
hear people all this is the one people always that, that Creflo Dollar over in Atlanta. Even his last name's Dollar. He's a big prosperity preacher. You, God does not have a bigger sense of humor than to call your last name Dollar and then tell you to go preach finance and prosperity. People like, he's asking for this and he's asking for that and he lives in a $10 million house. Did you know that he doesn't even take his salary from his church? No, we didn't know that. We just want to hate when we're two talent and they're five and they're doing more with theirs than we are with ours. It'd be different, though, if you had that house, wouldn't it? If, one, if a preacher has it, it's because he's stealing from the church. If you have it, it's a blessing of the law. Glory to God. Right? We got to get out of that thinking. Listen. Listen to me. Don't hate on anything God does for somebody else. Ever. Well, they steal it from, don't you, you let God and them sort it out. You let God and them sort it out. Well, I just don't believe, nobody asks what you believe they think you think they should drive. Or where you think they should live. Is that, is, I, I'm hope, I hope that's bothering you. I want it to bother you. I want it to get up under your skin. I want you to be offended over the fact that when you hate on God blessing somebody else, that you're wrong. You're wrong. I don't care what your theology is. I, every scripture you got talking about being poor, I'll give you 52 on being blessed. Don't hate on what God's doing through somebody else because you never know how it came. Somebody told me the other day, that Jensen Franklin... They always say it like that. <laughs> At Jensen Franklin. As though what preachers should be is homeless. And then maybe the world would listen to them. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Well, Jesus said foxes have holes and the birds of the... Don't, don't start. You don't know what you're talking about. Stop. 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 They said that Jensen Franklin. He has a campus in Atlanta and a campus in Orange County. Gets on a private jet every Sunday. Private jet. Can you believe it? It's like, glory to God. I know some people in his ministry. I know some people in his ministry. This is what happened. A multimillionaire in his church said, I want to sow into the campuses. So every time you need to fly to Orange County, I'll pay for it. The church doesn't have to spend a dime on it. Now, don't you feel ridiculous for opening your mouth? <laughs> that Jesse Duplantis lives in a 35,000 square foot house. I know, I've seen it. The kitchen will seat 200. How an unbelievable, people are still giving. You know why? Because his ministry got them to a place they never thought they'd be. And so they're giving back. Don't hate on situations you know nothing about. And quit reading the internet thinking you're an expert. You hate on people whose hands you've never even shook. That's going to be, that is a core value of mine and this church. Don't hate on people you've never sat down to hear their heart. That Benny Hinn, he just in it for the money. 
We sit down with him over dinner with tears streaming down his cheeks, begging God to heal everybody in the room. Don't hate on what you don't know when you don't know the story. Amen. And work what you've got. The number one way for us to stay bound is to hate on what God's doing through somebody else. Because when you disrespect blessing, it it is repelled from you. You will attract what you honor. And you will, you will repel what you dishonor. So when I hear God doing something for somebody, glory be to God. Do it, Lord. Because if you can do it for them, you can do it for us. In the name of Jesus. Somebody give God a shout of praise this morning. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.